Hello and welcome to the Slow Home Podcast. This is the podcast all about slow living in a fast-paced world. My name is Brooke McCallery. My name is Ben McCallery. Welcome to the final episode of Season 4. We, we're here, we've made it. It's the end of the year, almost. Almost, yeah. And what a time to be alive. Absolutely. Isn't it? It is. It's a great time to take stock, don't you think? And think about all the achievements you've made over the last 12 months. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a really nice time to sit back and look at what has happened over the past 12 months. I know for us and for a lot of people, it's been a big one. But I, I am kind of a bit conflicted about taking stock in a like through a positive lens at the moment because I mean, we're recording this a little bit ahead of time and the eastern seaboard of Australia is on fire and there's a huge amount of anxiety around you know, well-deserved anxiety around the environment and the role our government is playing or not playing in, you know, protecting it. Okay, so that brings me to the first question of the podcast. Do we deserve to be happy? Yes, but the... Damn, that's... (laughs) Like easing in. Yeah. Yeah. Don't throw me in the deep end or anything. In the intro, you know, just... Exactly, (laughs) pre-music even. Don't bury the lead, Ben. Uh, You know what? I, I have been thinking about this a lot. And I think that gratitude and um, reflection and positive reflection is really important because what it brings to us as individuals is maybe a perspective, groundedness, centeredness that allows us to be of service to people who aren't in a position to be able to do that at the moment. So people who are struggling, people who are going through trauma or disasters or, or anything else, I mean, by us not just us, I'm talking collective us, taking time to feel genuine gratitude and to find joy amongst it all allows us to be more solid and help people in, in a way that we couldn't do if we joined them in their, in their sadness or in their trauma or in their you know, anxiety. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, totally. So I actually, because uh, I, I have been thinking about this a lot, you know, I don't know if you can hear our dog snoring, but. Anyway, it's just a bit of ambiance. Yeah, it's pleasant actually at the moment. It's pretty restful. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I really do think that it's it's vital for us to slow down, particularly in the times like this where we're so overwhelmed and so worried and so um, you know deeply, deeply concerned about what's happening in the world. Finding joy through connection, finding joy through gratitude, finding joy through tiny details and beautiful moments and and people is one of the strongest, most positive, powerful things we can do. So, yes, I do think that we deserve to be happy in spite of the fact that it's been a tough year for truth in the world. It's been a tough year for the planet. It's been a tough year for good-hearted people, you know, and I know that a lot of us are struggling. But I, I, I hope that this conversation that you and I will have in today's Hostful will sort of prove that it is important to reflect through a positive lens as well. I think you need to congratulate yourself also on a year well lived. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I do that with any, ever, any level of comfort ever. I don't congratulate myself and I don't, and think, I don't think either of us do. But. I don't think a lot of people do it. I think it's something that people just slip into and, you know, end of the year, bang, you know, take a deep breath and then get in with the next year. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's, 
I just don't think as as human beings we don't take the time to congratulate ourselves and celebrate, you know, the wins, you know, we've all the lessons well. and the how hard we've tried yeah. to to make ourselves and hopefully the world a better place to live. Yeah, and I think that's a really important point. We watched um last Christmas last night. We went on a date last time. Christmas. And it was it's very sugary very and next day. Okay. Sorry, I was, I was trying to sing underneath the way you were describing it. Sorry. Yeah. Your voice is distracting in, in a good way. <laughs> but one of the characters said being a human being, just like a normal human being, is really hard. And we need to celebrate just that. And I'm like, that's really quite insightful, particularly when you know that you're you're trying. And you can put that through any lens that you want, you know, whatever it is that you're trying with, you're trying and, you you know, you're showing up. Yeah. Welcome to the list episode. The, yeah, I guess so. This, the, is the, this is the hostful list, best of 2019 list. Yeah, top, oh yeah, best top 10, best 10, 10 point list of 2019. Sorry. If you like lists as much as I do, you'll love this one. Music. Music, music. Is that alright? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Alright. So 2019 has been a big year for us. It has. And when is it not? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, when well, do we exactly. Get, and I think I say this every year. When do we get a year where we're like, and things just were steady and Everyone was content. Um, I don't think they exist. <laughs> I really do. I mean, content, contentedness exists, yep. but uh, I don't think that years like that exist. I mm. think that you and we got to understand, we actively choose change. Oh, no, I? we're addicted to change. That's no, fine. No, that's how we like to live. And that's, that's probably a value of ours is to keep, like a combined value is to keep trying new things. So we can't then say, oh, I just wish one year everything would stay the same because we don't really yeah, no, wish that. No. That's true. So it, but I will say there has been a, an enormous amount of change for us this year because if you think back to January, we were in... Yeah, where were we on first? Can you remember the first of January? We were in Canmore. We were. In the Rocky Mountains. Yeah. Your sister and her, her partner were with us. Yep. Um, we had two of our dear friends staying with us. Yep. We'd had a New Year's Eve party with some more friends. Like, so we were, we were there and we did not know... In, what we were doing. We didn't know year. if we were coming back. No. We had no plans to return. Um, there was a bit of kind of uncertainty with your work that things were were hinging on. Um, but by at that the beginning of the year, we were still no in idea. Canada. Yep. And we didn't leave Canada until the middle of, to the beginning of March. Mm. So, uh, and we came back via Japan and then we rocked up. No one knew we were coming home. We rocked up. Surprised our family, spent a few days kind of wrapped up in their orbit again. And then we're like, okay, so where are we going to live? Yeah. And we road tripped a bit. and Around, the, you know, that March, April time. Did you say I was in a bad place? You were, yeah. The re-entry was just so rough yeah. for me. Um, and I was not in a good, not in a good headspace. No, your mental health all. was probably the worst I've ever seen. It. Really, really bad. And I think it happens because when you think about it, we'd planned our adventure for 
five years, five plus years, yeah. and then it just finished. Like it abruptly finished as well. It was always going to feel abrupt. Yeah. No matter what. No matter what. But yeah. what I'm saying is it. but that just hit me hard. Like I'm like, what's next? Yeah, I know. Because we really, there was no, there was no certainty. Like your work, again, was still a little uncertain. We didn't know where we were going to live. Your we parents were lovely enough to let us kind of bunk down with them whenever we needed to. But we yeah. we didn't even have a destination on yeah. the horizon. Yeah. Uh, so like living, it's which is funny because we like change, but I don't necessarily know that it's a comfortable situation for quite literally everything except our family unit to change at mm. once, which is what was happening. So our year is was almost like a, a, a year of two halves because we had that uncertainty for the first sort of six months. And then the second six months was just bedding down as much certainty as possible. Oh, yeah. And then Kids we, went we back found, to school. We found a home. We started to settle into a community. And, exactly. Yeah. So it really has been very different. Yeah. The first, the first half is very yeah. different to the second half. Yeah. And I think that, uh, again, is probably a good overall balance for us. Like I feel more balanced heading towards the end of the year than I have for the rest of the year because I'm able to look back over the year, if that makes sense. And it feels like I often talk about balance is not a daily or a weekly thing to aim for. I think that you want to look at a year and go, okay, do I feel like I have served my values across that year? Do I feel like I've turned up for what's important to me over that year? And when the answer is yes, then I think you're able, well, I'm able to come to peace with the fact that it didn't, every day didn't look the way I wanted it to, yep. but the year feels like it's been in service of my values in a, in a mostly, you know, positive, even way. Exactly. As our dog growls in the background. Um, okay, so let's kick off our list, listicle, our top 10, is it? I think there's 10. 10 things for 2019. You might remember we did this back in 2017. 2017. We missed it last year, but we're back. We missed, we missed a bit last year. <laughs> oh, that's another thing we've been doing is like, where were we this time last year? We have. Do you know, do you know what I mean? And that's, it's sort of like a bittersweet type discussion. You know? I really like it though. Like mm. we'll often sit down at dinner and I'll say to the kids, okay, random memory from the trip. Yeah. Now go. Yeah. And often it is something Disney World related, <laughs> but not always. Or Texas donuts. They're the two things that come up a lot. The, the randomest things. Yeah. It's so strange. Yeah. It's so weird. But I enjoy doing that. Like I think that spending time exploring memories is mm, a It's really, important. I think it's a beautiful thing to do. Yeah, because I did take a photo every day you did. on our trip. Yeah. So. I was I'm able to pinpoint exactly to the date what we were doing, and we often discuss exactly what what that looked like. Yeah, and sometimes it's met with like, "Oh God, thank God I'm not in that car for seven hours driving from <laughs> from wherever to Austin wherever. to wherever." Or it's like, "I wish we were back there." And often it is Disney World, but let's uh, <laughs> let's crack on. What's been your uh, favorite TV show? Oh, for 2019. And I must say these are these are not all things that have been released in 2019 but just what we've discovered. Just exactly, things that we have watched or yeah, continued exactly. this year. Yeah. So my favourite TV show was The Handmaid's Tale. Mm-hmm. We were late to the party. With very that. late but we're all caught up now mm-hmm. and I can't wait for season four. I thought it was a particularly the first two seasons 
a just a phenomenal show. I thought it was um, so timely mm-hmm. and so well structured for the most part. It's just so um, engaging because I loved the book. Uh, you hadn't read the book and I think we've spoken about this on the podcast mm. already uh, so I won't go over old material but I just think it's fantastic. Um, it is tied though with something that is quite different which is Schitt's Creek. Yes. And I love that show. Yep. It's so f- – and we, we started watching it whenever it first first was released and I think they're almost up to season five now but we rewatched the entire series in January this year, you and I, mm. and I loved it. Mm. It was just so, it feels like a big, warm cuddle. It does. Yeah. That was definitely in my in my top uh, three or so. But I discovered, and it was last year, but it has came, um, I've kept watching it this year. It's a show um, called No Reservations, and it was, it's an Anthony Bourdain travel mm-hmm. eat show. So combining two of my Really favorite things. favorite things, but I never really knew or understood anything about Anthony Bourdain before no. his death. Yeah, so he died, I think, in July two thousand and eighteen. Okay, while and we're away. While we're away, I remember we were in the Yukon. Okay, and we pulled into this. It was like this campground attached to like this little restaurant, um, and I went in to pay for you know the camp campsite spot, and. Um, and that was all over the news. Like it was, this was rolling coverage. And I was like, I mean, you know, I'd heard of him, but I didn't understand him. And so then I started to like look into what he'd done. And the way that he's able to connect with people and a lot of different people reminds me of you and your discussions with people. Like you, he really sort of, he has no preconceptions. He no, he doesn't come into um, anything that he does with any venom or he just, he just sort of just wants to chat with people and get to know people and understand why they do different things. And, you know, he's the amount of different people that he speaks to in the No Reservation series about their life. And then it obviously gets to, like, food as well. Yeah. Um, but when you're eating, you, he sort of discusses anything about there was one... just fascinating. Yeah, I Fascinating mean... insight into people and countries and hardships that people have come Mm. through and, yeah, and how food brings everyone together essentially at the end. I know he did a number of different series and they weren't not all under no reservations. I forget what the other ones were called, but I think it might have been one of the other ones. He did a an episode on the opioid crisis. Yeah, it was no reservations. Was it? In New England. Yeah, Yeah. it was was fascinating. Like I very rarely have seen someone – as you say, come in so open mm. and just curious, not judgmental, not with any expectations of people. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was a, actually a very uh, human way of telling the story, a story that is so often told in a judgmental totally. or a elitist kind of way. And he had but like he, he had skin in the game because he that's that was his you know, he was addicted. He was always no, battling with he, his addictions. Absolutely. Yeah. And so that was that personal insight as well. Yeah. I just thought it was really quite phenomenal, actually. Really well done. Yeah. Really well researched. You know, it's. I just, 
I really like, really, really liked. But it all hinged on him and the way it's he all, was able to connect it was with all people. Him. It was all him and yeah. the way he talked to people, essentially. Otherwise it would have just been a documentary, you know. Yeah, exactly. It was kind of documentary. And, but... and I've just been obsessed in watching them all, mm. you know, so. You read his um, kitchen, the kitchen ghost stories. Yeah, you know that? I, I've, just, I've gone in and sort of, sort of obsessed about what he's done, Yeah, actually, and he's done quite a lot. He's a pretty talented dude. He was a very talented guy. And, um, yeah, obviously a tragic end mm. to it all. But, uh, yeah, so that's that's TV shows. What about a small one, literally and figuratively? What's been a small detail that you have that has stuck with you throughout the year? Uh, lots. Like I try to really focus on little details every day. Mm-hmm. So I had lots to, to draw from. But... Probably one of the most evocative was maybe the first or second morning that we woke up in our new house, laying in bed. It must have been the second morning because we didn't have a bed the first night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we slept on the floor. Uh, laying in bed, hearing the magpies caroling, you know, that beautiful warbling mm-hmm. kind of water over rock sound that they make. Uh, and it just felt like a bit of a homecoming. I, I had a... a a mixed relationship with the idea of coming home and putting down roots, if I'm being perfectly honest. But it felt like there was something in the air, something in the universe just saying, it's okay. You mm. can you can put roots down here. You can rest. Mm. That plus the very same, the day we moved in, we pulled up to the house and there were four black cockatoos that flew over the top of the house at the very second we got out of the car. Your spirit animal. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't want to use the word spirit animal, but like they're the the Australian animal that I most... Identify with. Well, I guess so. Yeah. yeah it just feels like there's a connection there. Um, and there was four of them that flew over the roof of the house as we got out of the car. So I think those two were really interesting that they were both birds. Yeah. And they both, both of them were connected were with this house, yeah. this home. Yeah. And I, 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 I really do think that... Um, it was, I don't know, permission for me to to listen to that sense of being home, mm. you know. Mm. Whether I was looking for it or not, that doesn't really matter to me. Whether there was me searching out for a sign, it, regardless, it, it kind of felt real. And it, did it feel right for you? Yeah. Like it, that's when you felt settled, do you think? No, not I didn't settled. Feel, no. No. That's when you. There was rightness. That, that's when you knew that you're you're doing the right thing. Yeah, be- yeah. Or because I guess the backstory to that is when we came to look at the house that we ended up buying, uh, I heard and then later saw black cockatoos flying over mm. the house, and then when we went to check out the kids' school. There's black cockatoos that in live the in the tree yeah. there. Yeah. And I. I had a very emotional response yeah. to the kids' school, like meeting the principal who was just yeah. lovely and meeting the teachers and yeah. just spending time there. I got really teary and felt that, again, that sense of rightness or alignment. So t- I think to have them fly over the day we came and picked up the keys and made it our, our home, it sort of felt right. It's something that I'm learning about you is like how important symbolism almost is yeah. to, to your emotional Connection. Yep. No, I haven't really thought of that, and uh, until recently, if you like. Well, I probably haven't um, articulated into it as, it well. as much yeah. either. Yeah. What about you? What's your favourite um, detail? Well, look, this is a sort of a weird one, but there's a bit of a story to it. So we were in our home. And we're like, right, 
let's go down to the snow. We miss the snow. This is in the winter in Australia. So we were like, okay, we're going to leave at 4 o'clock in the morning, get the kids. They're in their pyjamas, but let's throw everything in the car and just head off and just do a day down there. Come home that night, like just do a massive day, be exhausted, but who cares? We're going to see snow and ski. We were having withdrawals. Massive yeah. withdrawals, which is bound to happen. And I don't think the, the snow wasn't even very good, but we were just like, who cares? Let's do it. So we did that and then sort of an hour, an hour and a half into the drive. You know, it happens when you go on holidays as well. You're like, oh, where are the passports or, you know, where is so-and-so? So you do that. You feel like you've forgotten cold, something. like that flush feeling. It goes down your spine yeah. as well. And then you're going, ah! And like so I'm driving and I'm like, oh, no, what is it? And you're like, we forgot a bag with the kids' shoes in it and with the kids' clothes. Like it was this bag that had quite a lot in it and we'd just forgotten it. We'd left it at home. So there's absolutely no way that we could, you know, go to the snow. So we did a U-turn, came back, still pitch black. And we were like, right, I don't know who made it. It might have been me. It was like, let's go and watch the sunrise at the beach. And so we all travelled to um, Killalee State Park quite close to our home and then got out and watched the sunrise over a surf break called Mystics and it was just It was glorious. Beautiful. Yeah. It was like a beautiful sort of, I don't know. It was a very dramatic yeah, sunrise. Very yeah. dramatic sunrise and it was amazing, just amazing experience to have with everyone that, you know, we were very, very frustrated at the start but then we did that and it sort of we just breathed and yeah, and then the whole weekend was just great from then on. And it was then it was just something we laughed at. Exactly. You know, we didn't Exactly. I, I felt terrible the whole time back and felt like, you know, I'd ruined everyone's no, weekend and like, stuff. But by the time we got to the beach and it was the, it was just that grey yeah. pre-dawn. And this is in winter, so yeah. you know, cold but it was just fresh. Yeah. You know that feeling of fresh out. vapor from the surf and the waves. I felt very a very um Incredibly happy to be alive that alive, day. Alive, yeah, yeah. It was really exactly. life affirming. And then we went and had a breakfast together, and it was just yeah. yeah the whole was weekend was, was just great. great from that then was on. really great. Such a it's also a good example of how you can turn things around. And yeah. it's a choice, and there's perspective Always to be a choice. had. Yeah, for sure. Um, and being agile, and nimble enough to like just exactly think of other, you know, because I think me of. Me of like two years ago would have been so angry with myself and like disappointed that I forgot something yeah. that I couldn't have gotten out of that. You know that feeling when you you had an argument or you've made a mistake or whatever, and you know that you could you you're you're choosing to stay stuck yep. in that anger and that that down kind of place. And I think me of a couple of years ago would have stayed there. And it was it was it's really nice to be able to reflect and go oh. That was a choice that we made and, exactly. and look at how things were different. Yeah. Um, your favourite movie? Now, this is a weird one because we don't watch a lot of movies. I haven't watched many movies this year. Um, at all. We don't go. We, I think we've been to the cinemas, what? Twice this year. Twice this year. Oh, no. Well, if you if you three. count Toy Story 4, then three times. Yeah, actually, probably a little bit more because probably I've probably seen a few more kids' movies. Oh, no, so we've been four times. <laughs> 17,000 times. We go every day. But often it's not the movie of our choosing. That's true. That. Yeah. These two were, though, uh, and I do have two. The first is Between Two Ferns, which is actually a Netflix movie. It's not a 70s 
cinema movie. Yeah. Just like dumb, Funny. dumb, dumb, hilarious, yeah. stupid movie that I really like. Yep. And I'm glad that it exists yep. because it had some of my favorite comedians in it and um, just that kind of absurdist, Super irreverent yeah. sense of humor is what I like. That's yep. my jam. Yeah. Uh, and then the second one, which we did see at the movies on opening day, actually, was 2040. And I know I've spoken about it at length the entire year of podcasts, so I won't go into it in too much depth. Other than to say it has been released in the UK now. Um, that happened in maybe the middle of November. So if you're in the UK and Ireland, you should be able to either see it at the cinemas or perhaps even organize a community screening. Yeah. And I believe it's heading towards North America um, next year. So I'll include a link to that in the show notes. But it is a, a, a really hope-filled documentary that I honestly think has shifted a lot of people's um, uh, ability to find hope this year. Because I think without, without me having seen 2040 and its hope-filled vision for the future and its look at solutions that already exist in the world... Without that, I think I would have slipped even further into despair. Mm. And I did a lot yeah. of despairing this year as it was, yeah. Yeah. Um, particularly about the planet and the way we're treating the environment. Uh, and I think that Damon Gamow and his wife, um, Zoe, and the team who worked on it have done a really phenomenal job Cracking of creating job. what I think is going to be a movement. I really do. Mm. You know, they've shown it at the UN. They showed it at the Climate Summit in um, New York. It's been getting massive traction um, in really powerful places. Like they showed it to um, New South Wales government mm -hmm. at the government house. Um, remains to be seen if anyone in power will pay attention, but people who vote for people in power are paying attention. And that's what I feel the most hopeful about because change happens when we care and make people in government care. So it's been a really transformative movie for me. Um, what about you? Yeah, mine's not as uh, <laughs> critical and sounds very flippant. Look, my first flippant. one was Between Two Ferns, yeah. oh, okay, so yeah, don't worry. True, yeah. um, so I saw, I saw the trailer for this and I was like, oh, this movie is like, it's just like bubblegum, you know, uh, feel-good love actually type movie, you know, mm -hmm. those sorts of movies. Um, and I was right. And but it was it's just joyous and I really, really loved it. And that's um yesterday. Yeah. The, it was a nice movie. Uh just a really great, unique, fun concept. Yeah. Um I'm not there's no spoilers in this. Um just suffice to say that someone has a uh is hit by a bus or something, I yeah. think. This is all in the trailer. Yeah. So, you know, hit by a bus and then Everyone else in the world um, doesn't know about the Beatles, but he does because there's some sort of I don't know electric pulse that yeah. goes out. Anyway, it's it's just bizarre. Go, you got to go with it. Yeah, with an open mind. What I I think why it stayed with me the the movie is like an okay movie, and it's I love it because of the music because I I grew up listening to the Beatles. God, I sound like I'm like seventy. Um, <laughs> Grew up listening they to, weren't the, listening to the, the Beatles and the Stones. <laughs> I was sitting in the cinema and I glanced over and we were in there. We watched it Oh, one of the few times we went to the movies, we went yeah. to movies during the day while the kids were at school. Um, 
was really that fun. That will never not be fun. Oh, <laughs> we do it like once a year. But we were sitting in the cinema and glanced over and there was this older couple and this older gentleman and he was just sobbing at the music, like just crying. And I'm just like, oh, that is, I just love that emotion that people feel um, because of how things you know, I guess it's he was probably just remembering his childhood and listening to these this music and the yeah. memories that that then um, happened because of that. Do you know what? Like it's yeah. just it was just beautiful. I was just watching him, um, and it was really, 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 really nice. And I, 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 yeah, I really liked that movie. Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was it was just fun. What uh, about a new destination uh, for you? Okay. Yeah, like All what's right. been a? This is a an interesting one for me. So my answer is Fernie in British Columbia. Mm-hmm. So we stopped through Fernie in 2018 at the beginning of our trip just for one night and I, I, it was sort of on the way from Canmore to Nelson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we liked it and we liked it for a couple of reasons um, and we decided to go back and spend a week there uh, earlier this year and it it's just a really special place. I really like it. Um, I can't quite put my finger on what it is about the town itself that I like, other than it feels it's quieter than some places that we stayed, but it's big enough to kind of have everything you need. Mm. But the ski hill is visible from town. Yeah. And the ski hill was actually a really completely different experience to anywhere I've skied before. Um, and I loved it. I mean, there was a very distinct How was line. It different? Well, it was all the bowls. Like it's five bowls yeah, kind yeah. of circling mm-hmm. the village almost. Mm-hmm. And the top half of each of the, like these bowls was the most impeccable snow. It mm. was just amazing. And then because BC is warmer typically than Alberta, like than the Rockies where we were used to skiing, you hit this line. <laughs> it's like the, the, the freeze-thaw mm. um, line and you kind of ski a little bit of ice on the way down. Um, so it, I don't know. I just loved it. I loved it for the ski hill. I loved it for the town. I loved it because that's where Shred Kelly's from mm-hmm. and that's still probably my favourite band. Yeah. And, um, you yeah, know, we walking down the street. We saw a couple of members of the band. That we was did. pretty cool. Yeah. Pretended like we were playing it real cool. <laughs> Yeah. Bought a pair of earrings from the partner of one of the people in the band. I don't know. Yeah. It was like I was super dorky about Shout it. Shout out to Shred Kelly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and Kate from Ace Ferguson. If you're in Fernie, they have got a she has she runs a um like a handcrafted um local maker pop-up all through winter in Fernie called Fernie AF pop-up. And it's really cool. Yeah. She makes amazing jewelry. Uh, and if you're in Fernie or around Fernie, come and check it out because they deserve um, support. support. Yeah. Absolutely. What's your So why are you conflicted? Well, because I, I love traveling, mm. right? And here's the thing that I'm struggling with at the moment, if I'm being brutally honest. I love traveling and I think that it serves people really well, not just us. It serves a lot of people really well to expand your worldview mm. by going and meeting new people and understanding different cultures and Certainly has um, us. Well, it has. Yeah. I'm not just talking about Canada. I mean, mm. we've traveled, we've been really fortunate to travel mm. quite a bit. Mm. But, um, you know, and I think the world is a better place when we have more understanding of each other. But I also understand that traveling, particularly by plane, is a huge part of the global climate 
climate crisis. It's like 12%. I think transport is 12% of the global emissions. Right. So I know there's a lot of people who have just declared that they're no longer traveling by plane. Mm-hmm. And I get that and I admire that and I appreciate it. And what I think, like you and I have had many discussions about whether or not we'll ever travel out of Australia again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't have an answer. But, yeah, I'm, so I'm conflicted. I'm really struggling with it because I think that there are so many benefits to us traveling. And I know that with my work, I will have to travel again at some point just doing book tours and that kind of thing, let alone anything else. So what's, you know, what's the solution? And I, I really do think, and this kind of probably sounds like a bit of a cop-out to people in our situation, I don't think that us not taking a family trip overseas every two years will make a difference. Mm. I think it's big businesses yeah. who happily fly staff up and down from Sydney to Melbourne or from Perth to Sydney when a Skype call would suffice. Totally, totally. Like imagine if all of the companies that had an enormous travel budget looked really hard at how many flights they could actually take off and out of that budget. That would make an enormous so effort. So true, yep. So what they're Great. talking about in the UK is um, like a, I don't know how to describe it, like a, a sliding scale of climate tax for flights. So everyone gets one flight a I year. I love this idea. Everyone. Everyone, doesn't matter what yeah. the situation is, gets one flight a year without this climate tax. Yeah. And then every subsequent flight you take throughout the year is taxed at increasing levels. Brilliant. So that frequent flyers are going to be paying higher amount of, of climate tax than people who fly once or twice a year. So, I mean... And then people can apply for, to the government for, like, subsidies for I'm things sure. that are actually helping the environment yeah. too if they're working in particular industries, that are like renewables or whatever. That, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's got to be some leeway. And I know a lot of, um, a lot of speakers, a lot of scientists who All present that sort of at, stuff, yeah. at yeah, yeah, um, yeah. conferences yeah. And, and seminars and things like that really do struggle with this as well because yeah. what they're doing is spreading, and I, I don't do this, this is what they do, mm. so it's far more important than, than what I do, but they're spreading the message of climate change and solutions. Like Damon Gamow, for example, in 2040, he talks about the fact that, yes, this documentary has a cli- has a, a carbon footprint and then they talk about what they did to mitigate that as much as possible. You know, and we, we have spoken about how we offset our flights, not only our flights, but our entire year's worth of um, carbon emissions by planting trees, which I think is another good thing to look at. Um, but it's a bit of a messy situation and I think that going into conversations like that with a an all or nothing sort of approach is really unhelpful. It's definitely unhelpful, yeah. I think it's really unhelpful. Yeah. yeah. So that's where I'm at with travel. Hmm. That was a long answer. I'm sorry. No. What it was makes, your favourite? makes sense. Look, uh, no surprise, we've moved to the Southern Highlands in New South Wales and it's been fantastic to discover a whole heap of different and awesome places within it or and, and also down the coast as well. Yeah. So from like state parks to new surf breaks, to new walking park, yeah. new walking uh, tracks, mountain bike tracks that we're getting into. We're getting into mountain biking, by the way. Okay. No, that's not to you. That's to the <laughs> listeners. So 
It's another little passion that I'm going to have. And, um, yeah, like just discovering swimming holes and yeah. waterfalls. There's a lot of natural swimming holes and, and wild so swimming places. So it's just places. been a, a whole half year, if you like, of new discoveries yeah. in in the area. And we're so lucky. Within sort of 30 Lo- minutes of where we live. Local producers. Yeah. Eggs, you know, cheeses, beer. Like it's just... Yeah, it's a. It's been a great sort of year of new discovery, um, which is great. That was our destination one, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're coming up to our discovery. Oh, sorry. That's yeah. all right. Doesn't matter. What about your favourite book? Look for this one. It's a cookbook, um, and it's called um, I think it's just called Barbecue with Aaron Franklin, and he's a Texas barbecue pit master, and I know that I spoke about. In the previous Hostful, in the, in the last series, about, oh, I want to get into smoking. No, we spoke about um, your new, new hobby. passion or yeah. Yeah, whatever it was. And I said, it's smoking. And then we spoke to a few people and they're like, you've taken up smoking? What are you smoking? I think you said smoking meat, but you said it in a very... Weird uh, way. Like a mumbly kind yeah. of way. And people are like, what's been smoking? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's been fascinating discussions with people. But... I'm actually, actually, <laughs> in my time in Texas, fell in love with slow cooked, I know the irony, slow cooked barbecue and in traditional offset smokers. And so that's what I'm doing at the moment mm-hmm. and I'm really, really liking it. Not only because it's like the slow aspect of cooking, but I love the way it tastes, like the smoke and the way that that permeates like the meats and the vegetables and whatever else we're cooking. Yeah. I just love the intention of it all. You're really like. nerding out on it, which is yeah, great. Yeah, and obsessing about it. And so this book, Aaron Franklin's book, who I who a lot of people consider to be the best pit master uh, of, uh, in America, he um, just – and I love his concept and principles because they're just so basic mm-hmm. and so traditional and so – they just make sense yeah. and his love of everything from like the actual meat and where it comes from and his respect and sustainability and working with farmers. Does he does he partner with regenerative agriculture? Yeah, all like he's so selective right. with the people that he partners with and he's very conscious and he knows the environmental impact of it and he's always looking at ways to minimise that. So I, I just like his philosophy. It's a local. Yeah, It's very exactly. local-centric. And his wood's very local and he only uses wood, this really special oak that's only sort of um, grown really in like Texas in, in sort of Austin area. Wow. And he only grabs stuff that is dead. dead. You know, like, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, so he's, you know, he's very, so he's very cool. Funny enough, when we were in Austin last year, I was like, I'd sort of known of him and knew that his, his barbecue shop, Franklin's, was like really, really good. And I was like, okay, so we've got to check this out, got to go to this. And it was like the one week in the year that it was closed and they're all on holidays. And so got to get back there one day, which I'm, uh, yeah, I'm pumped for. So that that book, uh, it's been my on my bedside table for, for quite a number of I come months. into bed and you're sitting up reading a cookbook. About meat. Yeah. Um, what about what you? I, what I will say is that smoked <laughs> eggplant, because I'm still oh, not eating meat, yeah. um, smoked eggplant is delicious. With a bit of miso glaze. Yeah, miso glaze is fantastic. Smoked tempeh. Is not delicious. Tastes it tastes like, like dog, dog food. food. <laughs> Maybe I did it wrong. 
But So all these discoveries we're making. Yeah. My passion for smoking, it'll come through in another area, but that's, um, yeah, just like the intention of it all. What about you? What's been your favourite book? I have two, yeah. unsurprisingly. Al- always. Yeah. yeah. I usually have more than two. Uh, so my favourite book, and you know what? I, I started this year with a list that I was writing every book down that I read because I read quite a few a year and I often forget the titles of them or when I wrote them, but I sort of forgot to keep doing it. So these are books that I have read towards the end of the year, but both that I really enjoyed. So the first is The Testaments by Margaret Atwood, um, sequel to The Handmaid's Tale. And I just I just loved it. I thought it was great. I know some people are like, this is not a book that we needed. I disagree. I, I don't want to say much actually, but I really, really really enjoyed it and I think she's a clever um, lady with quite a dark sense of humour and a clever lady. I mean, what a what an understatement. She's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. She is really phenomenal. Yep. Um, and the second book is Your Own Kind of Girl by Claire Bowditch and that's a non-fiction book. It's a memoir and you might have heard that I interviewed her as, in a bonus episode actually towards the beginning of season four. But this book, and I think I, I said it during the, the intro, has had a, a like a really deeply profound impact on me because I think this year with all of its ups and downs and my mental health has been very up and down throughout the year as well, it, um, it gave me permission to look at my own self-esteem issues and the way that I speak to myself um, and the way the expectations I have of myself. And um, I'm incredibly grateful that she wrote that book. And I had a chance to meet her actually uh, in October. I went to one of her Sydney events. And she is one of the most delightful human beings in the world um, that I have ever met. Uh, And I'm so glad that her book is doing as well as it is. I don't know if it's out anywhere other than Australia and maybe New Zealand at the moment. But if you can get your hands on a copy, I highly recommend it. I think that for anyone, but I know for a lot of women in particular, it is hitting home so directly with its really frank and open discussion and sharing of her story on body image and mental health and um, self-esteem and the flow and effect of all of those things. Um, and, yeah, I, I couldn't be couldn't be gladder that I read that book this year. So That's thank you, awesome. Claire. What about Discovery? Favourite Discovery Favourite Discovery of 2019. I've loved um, – so we've got quite a big garden – at our new house and virtually none of it we've planted. I've mm. planted out the veggies, but apart from that, mm-hmm. it's all here. And because we moved in in May, most things were dormant. So some we knew were there, but there were other patches of the garden that were completely bare. And over the last, I don't know, when spring kind of started, which really is more like late September, October here. October, it's yeah. quite late. Uh, I've loved seeing what these plants are, what these like dead sticks in the ground actually turn into. And there are so many beautiful plants. We've got, I've never grown roses. I knew we had roses. They are so beautiful. And I'm getting so much joy from going out and literally stopping to smell the roses and cutting some and putting them in the house. And, um, but we've got like dahlias and all these, these bulbs keep popping up and uh, you know, that none of them are flowering. Hyacinths. Yeah. We had hyacinths. We had lily of the valley. Yeah. I wander around the garden every day and that's one of my favourite parts of the day. 
Just, next door neighbor called it like a junk garden. Like there's just everything. I know there's lots of there. stuff. Yeah, but I don't even care. Yeah, you know, just to see what this this thing turns into. Half the time it does turn into a weed, and I'm learning what's a weed and what's not. But I didn't want to rip anything out in yeah. case it turned out to be this phenomenal thing that I've never heard of. Yeah. So that's been awesome. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Discovery. I was going to talk about slow barbecue. I was going to talk about discovering my passion for like playing guitar again yep. which I've really really enjoyed and I'm, I'm just kind of obsessed I'm obsessed with a few things at the moment and that's the other thing like just getting back into hobbies which I haven't we haven't really been able to yes. do for a while has been a really nice discovery being able to take time and and learn different things and I just yeah really really like that but I'm going to mention our new family member Mr Joey Joey, Joey Snowy, Snowy. Which is a, a little pug cross with a beagle. So Apparently. A, a puggle. Yeah. And he joined the family this year and he's just been so funny. We um we adopted him from a um, pug rescue organization. And I don't know, he just just discovering, you know, a dog and he's kind of like a cool little guy. <laughs> You should see the way he looks at Ben. It's like well, he, our Ben other dog, is Joey's world. I, our other dog is very affectionate towards you. Yeah. And for whatever reason, Joey's decided that I'm his best buddy. You're his person. Yeah. And so it's been nice, you know, having him snuggle up on the lounge and yeah. it's just, yeah, pretty cute. So he's the, he's the discovery of 2019. It's a pretty good discovery. All right. So... What's been your favourite album? I think I may have mentioned it towards the beginning of the year, though possibly not. Uh, John Butler's new album, mm -hmm. Home. Mm -hmm. didn't. It came out uh, September 2018, but I didn't hear it until January when I was getting my first tattoo. Mm. So Corson, shout out to Corson, great tattoo artist in Pr Canmore. Primitive imprint. Those looking for a tattoo going through the Rocky Mountains in Canmore would highly recommend. Definitely. And Corson was listening to it um, when he was tattooing me. And I think, you know, it was one of those timing things as well. Like an album I felt, it was an album I felt like um, was put out into the universe at a time where I needed to hear it. You know what I mean? Totally. Well, we're getting tattooed. Well, I discovered it at a time I needed to hear it. During January, February, at a time when we were thinking like we're going to having plans to come back to Australia, yeah. And we're hearing these songs called Home, and, and but it's also an album that's like really full of tension, like his tension between yep. leading a creative, free spirited life, um, and missing family. his family and his yeah. home and his roots. But totally. he's, you know, it, I, I just thought it was a really kind of poignant um, reminder that home is a complicated issue, but it's also just where home can be wherever you are, yeah. If you're with your people. Yeah. Uh, so that was that was awesome. But I've got to say, I used to listen to a lot of music. This year, music has been um, – I've had to be really careful with the music I've listened to this year because it has been too painful. If I listen to music that takes me back, this is probably quite telling about, you know, the fact that we're still settling into being settled. But if there's certain music that I just can't listen to at the moment because it takes me back to a time – either the beginning of this year or all of last year, um, that I will one day be ready to sit comfortably in the memory of, but I'm not quite there yet. Like I still have not listened to Shred Kelly since yeah, we came back. It's and too, it's too painful. Well, because, I mean, we saw them perform a few times while we were away 
and they're probably one of my favourite bands. They represent Canada to us, us and yeah. more specifically the Rocky Mountains and ski and BC, culture yeah. and yeah, yeah, mountain, mountain, mountain life. life. Yeah. It so, is hard. I've, I've flatly refused, like sometimes the kids are like, can we listen to Shreg Kelly? And I'm like, sorry, can't. Yeah. Unless so, you want me to just cry. Yeah. I've re-listened to a lot of old music this year, music that mm. I know very well, music that I feel comfortable in. Mm-hmm. A lot of Beach Boys, like a lot of playlists that I created a couple of years ago have been getting a, a run because I just can't quite go there yet. Yeah. What about, do you have a favourite album? Um, it would definitely be John Butler's just because of that I'll never not be, you know, in getting tattooed when I hear that distinct memories. I can actually smell like the ink <laughs> when I listen to that album. The other one is just a fun poppy punk uh, album of covers from Weezer called their Teal album. Yeah, that was, that's fun. Uh, just a fun uh, album to listen to, um, you know, with a couple of drinks and laughs. And It's a Happy Days special. It is one. a very Happy Days special. Yeah. What about podcasts? I mean, you haven't listened to a lot of music, but have you listened to podcasts? I, I, look, yes and no. I've listened to quite a few older episodes of Dax Shepard's podcast, um, which is called Armchair Expert. Mm-hmm. I'm picking and choosing at the moment and it's probably I'm probably missing out on some good conversations as a result, but I listened to the first episode he ever did with Kristen Bell, his wife, and that was actually an incredibly enlightening conversation because Mm. they're two very different people with very different worldviews and incredibly different modes of operating in the world and yet they are accepting of each other and they had this conversation about (laughs) they had a big argument when they first started dating about um, her asking him continuously to get her a glass of water while he's up. (laughs) Which is while funny what, because that's something that my family does. While you're up, can you get me a cup of tea while you're up? Can, so I've said that to you over the years and you're oh like, but God. I have no interest in getting you a cup of tea. So anyway. I'm, well, not no interest. Like I'm not going anywhere near <laughs> the kitchen when I'm up. Yeah. While I'm, you're up, I'm can up, you cook me dinner? I'm walking in the opposite direction. to the. You're actually close. I, I get it. I get it. But it was like something that my family did. And they had this discussion about it, right? Because he spoke about his upbringing and he had his mum brought up him and his siblings on her own. And because of that, because of how hard it was, he sort of internalized the idea that if I love someone, I don't want to make their job any harder. So I will be self-sufficient. I'll get my own water. I'll look after myself. I'll deal with my own dramas. Kristen Bell said in her family, acts of service were like a love language and that was so she was kind of giving him an opportunity to show her that he loved her and he saw it as her making his life harder and it was like such a simple thing i remember listening to it really interesting um example of how you can two people can see the same thing and come up with completely different stories about it agreed and i just thought that to to have an honest conversation about um, their relationship. It's just a perfect analogy or short little story about how relationships can very work easily work or not work. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's been a nice um, discovery. I had listened to episodes previously mm. on and off, but mm. I probably listened to more of them this year. But mm. the other show that I discovered as a result of Claire, who um, listens to the podcast and reads the slow post, mm. is Eyes on Gilead, which is a an SBS podcast, um, like a post-show Handmaid's Tale podcast. 
And it's great. I love the themes that run through your list. I know. <laughs> That's me though. I'm like, I'm into a thing. Something's grabbed my attention. I'm into a um, thing. I'm sort of the same. Yeah. I'm trying to dance around a little bit. I've listened to a fair few podcasts, fair, uh, a lot of newsy sort of podcasts, a lot of history podcasts. But the one that I'll, I'll mention, and it's only because it was relevant last year when we were sort of, you know, um, dangling the carrot, if you like, in front of the kids <laughs> at the end of our trip, the book, tour. Uh, book tour that we would, would visit Disney World uh, in Florida. And so I was trying to sort of learn up about, you know, what we needed to do and, you know, there's such a, there's like four or five different parks and, you know. It's a whole world just, that we didn't know anything about. Exactly. So I was just trying to research um, and I'd do that through podcasts and I, covered, I discovered this podcast called Mad Chatters and it is just so delightful. They just talk about, they're so nerdy and I've now become sort of nerdy about Disney and Walt Disney and what he did and his contribution and and so it, it's it's all about these really unique and niche sort of details about Disney World and the parks and history, the restaurants yeah. and the history of it all that I've kept listening to it. <laughs> Well, I mean, I've been, and so now I can actually visualise what they're talking about as yeah. well, which is kind of cool. And I, and I, so I, it's very, very niche. I will, I will, uh, <laughs> you know, very unique. It's so funny. Podcasts are so funny. There's just sometimes you're just drawn to these bizarre topics. And, yeah. Do you know, like it's just, just I love them for that. I'll listen to anyone talk about virtually anything yeah. if they are passionate, passionate about, about it. it and if they are engaging in the way that they talk about it. Yeah. You know, I, I really will. Like you and I have been watching Gardening Australia this year mm. because, A, it's so relaxing. So relaxing. And Costa is a gem. The man. He's a champ. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you, it's an hour of people who are passionate about gardens and I may have yeah. no interest in growing a like a greenhouse full of bromeliads, but I'll watch a 15-minute interview with someone who grows bromeliads and be really entranced by what they're saying because yeah. they're passionate. And they just know all about it. Yeah, it's just so good, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. It, I mean, and I think that's what I, I do love about podcasts, particularly what podcasts were, but there are also a lot of podcasts coming through now that are super niche um, they're not, mm. you know, replay of radio shows or whatever. Like yeah. they're actual podcasts. Yeah. And I love that there are there is space for anyone to talk about anything, providing so they're passionate. So good. Yeah. What about we're coming up to the end here? What's your what's been your favorite meal of 2019? There's been lots of good meals. Mm. And how lucky are we to be able to say that? Mm. But uh, probably like my favourite eating experience, I'll say, yep. is was in Tokyo. So we came home via from Canada via um, Tokyo, uh, and we went to the Sukiji fish fish markets. Yep. And uh, as a vegetarian, I didn't think that would be something that would be my jam, but it was such a wonderful experience because they have all of these little booths and um, sort of like permanent market stalls set up, I guess. Mm. And there's just so many different foods on offer. And more so than the food that I ate, I loved watching the kids try new things and experience new great? food. Yeah. And, um, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. And to see you, you were the most joyful man I've ever seen in my life eating an oyster that was quite literally as big as your hand. Yeah. Oh, bigger. Or yeah. As big as my face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Awesome experience. That was And, that you was know, it wasn't just fish. It was like oh, no. fresh, fresh fruit, like there's vegetables. It yeah. was just a lot, you know. You, 
people have probably seen like images of this fish market in, in famous fish market in Tokyo, and it is literally exactly like that and better. It's just amazing. Um, yeah, for me, it's Japan as well, and it is. Um, we were sitting in a small izikaya, I think that's how you say it, in Azawa Onsen. So there's a small little bar area in the Nagano prefecture and we were just eating this freshly cooked fish over coals and the smoke and we were in this smoky sort of room and it was just so like traditional and just felt like so a, amazing. Like a casual pub sort of yeah, setting. Yeah. yeah. And and like small plates, yeah. you know, corn, scalloped potatoes. <laughs> you know, just I all don't know this. I the traditional no, Japanese but it was dish, just all but these, it was delicious. All these little dishes came out and they're all just just delicious yeah. and cooked so simply. And I think, and that's an extension of the barbecue, it's just how cooking with smoke, I think, is such a joy. Mm. Uh, it just makes food so much better. Yeah. I feel. Yeah. Final one. Yeah. Uh, favorite experience of 2019. Just thinking about this one, and we've spoken about it previously, but um, getting our tattoos, I think, was mm-hmm. one of our one of my favorite experiences. The first tattoo, and um, again, sort of tapping into that symbolism, and it was it really represents the um, time we spent overseas mm-hmm. and how wonderful that was. And every time I look at it. And look at your tattoo. I'm just reminded of how blessed we've been. Yeah, we have. So that that's been my favourite experience. But also, like surprising family when we came home. That, that was, was that was really nice. That as was well. really fun. Yeah, to be completely welcomed and wanted. Yeah, it's been a big year. It has. What about you? Favourite experience. Yeah. Can I sneak in like an a December 2018 one? Yeah, sure. Seeing Shred Kelly yep. play twice yep. in a month yep. was phenomenal. Um, like just dancing till I was covered in sweat, drenched in sweat when we saw them play in Banff. That was amazing. Um, and this episode is not sponsored by Shred Kelly <laughs> and yep. we don't know any of the members of the band. That I think that was probably one of the things that I felt so incredibly fortunate to be able to do you know, among a year of things that we were incredibly fortunate to be able to do. Yeah. Um, But also the final day we spent skiing at Sunshine Village. So Sunshine Village is where Ben and I um, worked back when we were 21 and that's what started our love affair with mountains and Canada and um, travel really. And we, because we based ourselves in Canmore, Mm. the final kind of six, well, five months of our trip. So the kids had always been fairly adventurous as skiers, but over the last few weeks we kind of pushed them a little further. And anyway, the final day yeah. we were able to ski all 12 lifts yeah. at Sunshine and took them down runs that they'd never done before. And to ski the entire mountain as a family was awesome. Yeah, and going down any run we wanted to. Exactly. You know, it we kind of waited for that for the whole big, time. This big mountain to the kids and... You know, they just improved so much. Yeah. Uh, it was just a, an amazing accomplishment, if you like. For them it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I remember we sat down at the bottom, like the middle lodge at the bottom of Goat's Eye and had a beer and kind of wished sunshine yeah. farewell. We, we didn't know when we'd be we back. We both got quite teary Yeah, um, and then skied all the way down to the, the car park yeah. for the last time and that was that was tough for it me. It was tough. 
saying goodbye to one of my favourite places in the world, it's potentially still, forever. still tough to talk about. Yeah. To be perfectly no, I think honest, we've kind of really just <laughs> given ourselves a bit of an emotional We've had a cleanse. One, two. Yeah, yeah, we have. Where are we up to? Well, what are we doing? So this is season end of season four. Mm-hmm. Um, and thank you very much for all the feedback that um, has been given I about the format and all the rest of it. Yeah. I think people have enjoyed it. I mean, it's definitely very different. The season of the the format of season four has really changed things up. I've really enjoyed it. I've loved being able to speak to listeners and dig into what's troubling people, hmm. you know, and what, if anything, slow living or shifting our perspective on what slow living is can actually offer. And it's really inspired me a lot, actually, to to hear all, to have all these conversations and kind of get more of a an understanding of uh, maybe the problems with the way slow living's being presented too, mm. not just by us, but you know, in general. Uh, and I've loved being able to really excavate the like the the kernel of what it is, as opposed to what people feel like it should be. That's been really inspiring to me and very yeah. um, kind of rewarding to strip it back to its essence. But season five mm-hmm. is in the works. It is. Uh, and we are going to have a summer series. Yeah, so next time people hear from us, it will be in January for yeah. the summer series so that we've selected our favourite and your favourite uh, five episodes for the last I don't know, 12 months or bit so? Of, yeah, a bit, bit over 12 over. months, yeah. Um, so like in previous years, the summer series Winter Warmies will be in uh, in January and then we'll come back with Season 5 uh, shortly thereafter. We will and I'm very excited. Me too. I hope you enjoyed today and I hope that it's maybe given you an opportunity to think on the year that's been. I know for heaps of reasons it's been a tough year but if it's given you an opportunity, I guess, to think about one tiny detail or one experience or one meal or one you know book or something that you've consumed that has has brightened your yeah or your just year. or just had an, an emotional effect on you yeah uh, share it with a loved one exactly. talk about it so we did this when we first did this um back two three years ago my dad was listening hi dad and he was really taken with the idea of doing of talking through these like top yeah. this list yeah so over christmas he would ask people what was your favourite small detail of the year? What was your favourite album of the year? And I think it's a really nice way to get beyond the, you know, the, the shallow conversations that sometimes we can have, particularly over the silly season mm. slash holiday season. Mm. Um, so maybe ask someone what their favourite book was or album. Or... Yeah. I do also hope that you guys have a fantastic holiday season. Um, Christmas or Kwanzaa or Hanukkah yeah. or whatever you celebrate, yeah. New Year's, and um, that 2020 is a year of hope mm. and action and change. Thank you for listening and thank you for being with us. And um, have a cracking good New Year. You <laughs> <laughs> had said that twice, but anyway. Yep. Um, agreed. I hope people. I hope you, hey, come back. Come back in uh, January. That'd be great. I'm talking to you, bro. Oh, I'll be back. Yes, I'll be back. Don't you worry about that. All right. Thank Bye, you. guys. Bye. Who is that? Hi, podcast.